0: to the Power 5 Mentality podcast, the first and only podcast discussing mid-major marketing, creative, and more. My name is Emily McMillan, Assistant Director for Media Relations and Creative Communications at the University of Evansville. Joined as always by my co-host and co-worker, Scott Peace, Associate AD for External, also here at UE. Today on the Power Five Mentality, we're joined by Brandon Hayes, Assistant AD for Marketing, Promotions, and, Ticket, and Tickets at Northern Kentucky University. Brandon made his way to Nku after stops at the Tennessee Smokies, the Knoxville Ice Bears, Tennessee Memphis, and Wright State. Brandon, thanks so much for joining us today.
1: Absolutely, big fan of the show. Love it.
0: Awesome. Um, I'll turn it over to Scott for a episode overview.
2: Yeah, we have all sorts of fun content to cover with Brandon today. We're going to take a peek back at his background, um, from his education and, and days in minor league sports and a couple different different stops around the country. Um, also his role at NKU, um, his role as an adjunct professor, something I know a lot of you guys are doing out there, but we haven't actually discussed on this show at all. Um, some of his highlights from his career, his areas of expertise, and of course, some of our usual segments at the end. So Emily, I'll turn it back over to you.
0: Yeah. So jumping right in, um, you got your, uh, undergrad at Tennessee, um, which I love in the orange, um, kind of vibe coming from Tennessee. Um, just start talking a little bit about, um, your start in sports and how you got connected into uh, college athletics.
1: Sure. Yeah. I, um, You'll hear a lot of failure or a lot of uh, self-deprecation today. That's just kind of my style. So uh, sorry about that. But uh, when I got to Tennessee, I, I kind of uh, I was kind of bummed out that I wasn't playing college basketball. I, I had a couple opportunities to play on the D3 or NAI level. And just because of some family finances and it's really expensive to go play D3 basketball. I wasn't able to do it and uh, ended up at Tennessee and honestly almost flunked myself out. Uh, had a really bad first year uh got into you know doing what you do in college gaining weight partying drinking not going to class and uh became pretty apparent to me that I, I wasn't going to be able to get by like that so i uh, changed my major i believe four times I actually went to college as a graduate or sorry as a uh, graphic design major uh quickly realized and i still know that i don't have the chops to do that so um, I kind of stumbled backward into into sport management. I just took like a sport management one hundred class, and I mean those of us that have been through those, you know you're in there with a lot of folks that don't understand what it's all about. And uh, there was a there was a guy named Buck Jones, which our Tennessee grads would know who he is, kind of a legend, one of the first uh, sport management professors anywhere. and he he was there to scare us off. and he did. He scared off about all the, about a dozen of us. And I just fell in love with it because I knew, even if I was failing my way through school, I, I knew how to work hard. Uh, you know, I have strong work ethics still do. And that was attractive to me. So yeah, I love sports, but what brought me to sport management and working in sports was just you're rewarded for your work ethic. And uh, so when I did that, I, you know, started, started getting into, decided I wanted to get an internship. My first internship was uh, with the Knoxville Ice Bears. I love shouting them out because they're just a a little low level minor league hockey team in Knoxville that draws really, really well. Um, and it's a blast and I, I, I loved it, but unpaid ticket office internship with them. I was literally, I think, I think the reason I got it is I was the only person to meet with them after the class they came and spoke to. And so I didn't beat anybody out for that internship. It was just like, Hey, you're here. Why don't you come in on Monday? And so many of my opportunities came from that, as I just was bold enough to, to have an interest and say, hey, I don't know anything about hockey, but I know I want to work. And uh, so I got to do that. Uh, there were five full-time people at the Ice Bears. So you can imagine how much an internship staff does, very much like a, like a mid-major or low-major, non-D1 school is kind of how I would liken it to. Um, so through doing that, I, I, I got enough experience to, to earn the internship in, uh, in minor league baseball with the Tennessee Smokies. or are the A affiliate of the, uh, of the Cubs now. Uh, for, for those of us in the Midwest that like to vacation in Gatlinburg or Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, it's r- right at the front of the exit. Um, and uh, at the time, that was one of the, 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 most, the, the highest paid internships in, in minor league baseball at $1,000 a month. Uh, It's a huge deal for me to get that one. And that taught me how to just work your tail off. For those of us that have been in minor league sports, I mean, it's 70 or 80 hours a week. I slept in the ballpark a couple of times. I'm not trying to beat my chest about that. It's just how it is. And uh, through that is how I found my way in college athletics. Uh, Bruce Pearl, who's uh, obviously now the, the head coach at Auburn, was the new Tennessee basketball coach. And so uh, when I was working in promotions with the Smokies, that was one of my internship areas. I had to lead people out on the field for first pitches. And so, yeah, I was starstruck by Bruce Pearl. as a Tennessee student to, in the student section, but I actually took some time to talk with, uh, with Chris Fuller, who's now the deputy AD at uh, UNC Charlotte uh, and Doug coast, who got out of college athletics, <clears throat> but was one of my first bosses and just said, Hey, what do you do? What, what are you doing here? This seems cool. And uh and they said, hey, why don't, you, why don't you come in? Why don't you come in on Monday and, and uh, you know, let us uh, come in and volunteer for us. And so that's how I ended up in college sports was probably partially getting worn out by working in minor league baseball and knowing I didn't want to do that all summer. Uh, and then the other part of it was I needed something to do during the school year. So it's pretty superficial, me ending up in college athletics. But I just fell in love with probably as a 20-year-old, 21-year-old the variety of it. I love the idea of, uh, you know, it, and at that time there was still a separate men's and women's athletic department in Tennessee, I think Tennessee and Texas were maybe the, the last two to do that. Um, so I worked basketball, football, a lot of baseball. And so I, I thought the variety was nice. And honestly, again, I was 20. So superficial reasons. I didn't want to work all summer. I wanted to go to the lake. I wanted to go hang out with my friends. So, uh, probably a dumb reason to want to do it but uh that was why that was how I got into it and and man I just I, I like college campuses you'll probably hear me repeat that over the I just think it's a it's, it's a it's a neat little city there's a there's a job for everybody there's so much inner workings and relationships and I, and I found that that I just I, I really I really dug that yeah absolutely like
0: I I related to a lot what you were talking through that I did an internship my summer after uh, junior year of college with uh, NBC World Series and which taught and it's like 60 games in 14 days. And after that, I was like, I'm I know for a fact I don't want to work for a place that only has one sport. I mean, eventually if it's the right opportunity, but like I got burnt out on just one sport all the time. But like talk a little bit about uh yeah getting that foot in the door just like asking questions because I think that's a question we get a a lot on this um with our listeners and just on Twitter in general it's like how do young people get their foot in the door kind of like how you did just asking a question like what advice would you have for people that were in your kind of similar situation
1: yeah and I I could probably speak for you Emily at the same time I don't want to put down minor league sports. I, I, it's actually quite the opposite. Those people are saints. It's incredible how, how much some of those folks work. It's it, the, the, the hardest working people in sports are, our minor league, uh, you know, operations folks. It's, it's incredible. But anyway, um, I, anytime I talk to, to young people, any, any ment- you know, mentees that I have or anybody that works on my staff is I just say, Hey, you, you you, you have to find a way to rise above other other people. It's a competitive industry. I'm sure every single person that's been on this podcast will say that. Uh, but you have to find a way to, if you think of it like a stack of resumes, If there's 200 resumes in a stack. How can you, there's, there's people in that stack that are better than you. There, there, there always will be. But how can you raise up your profile 10 more p- pieces of paper in the pile? How can you get up, close enough to the top where you can be one of those 10 or 15 to get an interview. And when you're young, a lot of times, yeah, work ethic matters, but it's, it's, it's being the one that's, that's naive enough to just ask questions. It's, it's being the one that um, that sends the email before the job is posted. You know, it's the one that, that you, you go and reach out to people when you have no, you don't need anything. Uh, I think that's, that's incredibly important. Uh, it's easy to reach out when you're desperate and you need a job, but take time when you have a job. I still do it. Um, you know, I participate in mentorship programs and D1 AAA ADAs because I want to be an athletic director one day. Um, and uh, you know, when I when, when my family goes on trips, I'm always checking in on the nearest college campus and talking to their AD or their you know external person, just just reaching out and and keeping yourself relevant. So. Yeah, that's not everything. You do have to go out and acquire skills. You do have to go out and do internships. But how you rise above the fray, that big stack of paper that I'm talking about, is you have to be the one that's dumb enough to just ask questions and throw yourself out there. Because people in this industry, I know plenty of people who have left this industry to go to other other ones. And yeah, you're going to work less, you're going to make more, all those great things. But the interconnectivity is not there. It's not there in the in the in the private sector like it is for us. In uh, in our, it's incredible. People want to talk about themselves. People are proud of what they've accomplished. I certainly am. Uh, so you'd be really surprised as a young person who's willing to talk to you. It's crazy.
0: Yeah, like it's a willingness to uh, endure the grind of um, college athletics and ask questions. And but like talking about like the grind, like you mentioned, minor league. Sports and people that work in minor league sports, like you said, are probably some of the best in the sport and industry because of all the things they have to grind through. But um, what kind of lessons did you take out of your time at um, the Smokies and um, at the Ice Bears that you kind of used to um, build your career and like have taken with you?
1: Yeah, there, there's the there's the old cliche that you know don't don't be too good to do anything else or don't you know uh, be willing to do anything I I think the true epitome of that works is in a you know your non-division one athletic departments your low-level minor league sports Um, that is the the true sense of it is don't to seek out other areas and learn from them Uh, I still do that and I think I even whenever we were going through the the topics for this show I think I put that on there that I that I really seek out campus relationships and try to understand how it works because I know 10 15 20 years down the road I'm an AD and that's the most important well fundraising and navigating campus that's what an AD does and so I I, I think what I learned from minor league sports is so the internship for for the Smokies was set up in a certain way where you had you spent a month it was a four-month internship over the summer you spent a month in a different area so all four areas so you did promotions, ticket office, uh, operations, which for, for an intern in, in operations, it was leaf blowing the, the stands and cleaning off gum and, and that kind of thing. Uh, and then I think the other one was in uh, community relations, media relations. And so you, it was set up for me that way to stick my toe in each of those areas. But since then I, I kind of treat it that way where like, okay, I keep talking about being an athletic director because it's a a dream of mine. But if if you're an AD, you're going to come from a certain area. So for me, it's going to be from marketing, from an external spot. But you have to know just enough to be dangerous and just enough to be able to make decisions about all the other areas. So it it rings so true in what we do as well. Like you can't stick in your little corner, external corner, because the decisions you make are going to affect areas that you're not even considering and i think as time goes by i get i get better and better at that where i i am still learning but i I'm, i can learn how that might affect academic areas uh, compliance areas great example yesterday we were talking about uh, now that we're not going to have fans the rest of the season in the horizon league um what game what time should we play our games well obviously the external folks want to play at night so fans can watch well then you have uh, some folks that that take care of student athletes mental well-being okay maybe they need to play earlier so that they can get on a bus and get home by a reasonable time so they can go to class the next day so if you're just over in your silo and, and external you're just going to be totally committed to how many fans can see us play when there's other things to consider so i i learned that so much in my league uh sports you know in hockey we painted the logos on the ice You know, i had to put the phone down as a ticket salesperson and go down and help them and you just had to so when I got into college sports, I didn't know any better. It's just what you did.
0: Yeah, the other duties as assigned, um, uh, adage that is always at the bottom of. And you have
1: to and you have to embrace it too. You can't you can't begrudge it and and roll your eyes about it. I, I get it. It sucks, but I. There was a a baseball coach at uh, at Wright State, which has a cr- crazy good baseball program. Uh, Rob Cooper, who's now the head kid coach at Penn State, and he he had something that he said: uh, embrace the suck. And it was just. It's cold, it's rainy, it's 6 a.m. But you gotta, you gotta, you gotta force your way through it. So he said embrace the suck. I think they even had t-shirts that said it on it. And so that that is a big deal for me. It was like, hey, it sucks. Maybe mention it a time or two and then move on.
0: Yeah. Like you're you're not helping anything by um it into the ground. But kind of uh, going towards uh now you're at Memphis and doing grad school. Um, talk a little bit about that experience um, doing grad school and then eventually getting uh, becoming the director at, in marketing at Memphis.
1: Yeah, you're, you're going to see a, uh, a pattern here. But um, so towards the end of my undergrad, um, and I still have my interns do this if they're interested in working in college sports, um, you know, in over Christmas break, I sent out, this is 2007, so there weren't as many of us in the field as there are now, but You know, I sent out 100, 150 emails with my resume to every marketing director I could find and just said, hey, here's who I am. I know you don't have jobs posted yet, but if you have any opportunities coming forward, I I would love to talk to you because I knew I didn't have four years of college athletics experience. You know, I was kind of a late bloomer and Uh, got some nice responses back, you know, out of those 150, I got, you know, 10% of them to respond to me and say, sorry, but no, the rest of them ignored me and that's okay. And one of those no's came from, uh, my eventual director of marketing at Memphis. And, uh, she was just a Tennessee grad. So she said, Hey, I don't have anything for you. We've got a GA here now, but I'm rooting for you. Let me know if you need any help. Go Vols. I, I, you know, I'm rooting for you. And, uh, so we kept, you know, we kept emailing back and forth, superficial stuff. And then, uh, two weeks later, she <laughs> calls me, uh, after I had struck out and said, and said, Hey, um, I don't know what else to say, but, um, we, we have a GA who isn't able to come back. Um, she ran and she, you know, she had some unpaid bills, some unpaid parking tickets at the university and she's, she can't come back. Um, So it was like March or April. So uh, my timeline's probably off, but she said, Hey, I can't, I can't pay for you to come here. I can't get you a place to stay, but if you want to come over here and talk to me about this job, why don't you come over? So I, uh, six hours, I went over there and, and uh, talked with her and honestly, I got the job because I was available. And because I was the first to knock on that door and honestly I think she was just the type of person that was like hey if I find somebody good I don't want to go through an interview process so I would not have won that interview I would not have won that application process no way so I got lucky but I think I created a little bit of luck for myself by reaching out um so so thankful for that job I was I, I moved there the day after graduation was so ready to get started um and yeah, I was a GA. Uh, and so Angela McCarter, my boss, who's long gone from the industry, but is, uh, is awesome. She, uh, her son, Matthew, um, had some major heart troubles. So she, she was pregnant, you know, my, my first several months there, she had Matthew, was gone on maternity leave, pretty quickly uh, realized that, that there was going to be some major heart issues. Um, so they were worried about his life. He's now, gosh however old he may be i guess he's 13 or 14 at this point uh healthy as can be but through all that scary stuff she number one realized she wasn't going to be working in college sports anymore she needed to be home and to develop a real passion for for kids that are going through heart ailments you know uh, infant uh, struggles and so she now fundraises for one of the hospitals down there and, and helps them but um through that she's gone okay then uh, uh, Jason Martin, who's at, uh, he's the GM for, uh, uh, at, at Buffalo in, uh, for Learfield. He was our assistant director of marketing. He took a job at Ohio State uh, running their ticket sales operation. And uh, I was left there by myself, and I asked when they were going to hire somebody, and it was 2008. So I think we're all old enough to remember 2008 was the, the last major economic downturn. So the state of Tennessee high, uh, had a hiring freeze. Um, so I was told, Hey, uh, you're here. We're going to need to finish out the year with you. Uh, I want to say that that was in December, uh, of my second year there. And, um, I had to, it was me it was an intern and then it was, uh, some, some students. And we ran a, not a power five, but a darn near power five department through the end of the spring. And we, we managed it. We had, uh, that was the year that, um, uh, we had, incredible basketball programs there. So they had just come off a final four. It was so crazy. We made it. And, uh, and somehow I ended up doing a good enough job for them, I guess. And they, they, they said, Hey, why don't you come on as like an interim director for us? And then, uh, you can be a director of marketing. And I ended up getting the full-time job. Uh, so I ended up in Memphis for five and a half years. Um, I probably didn't do very well I don't think I did I I, I also in my defense I you know the department the way it was is pretty old school marketing was kind of a new thing for them Um, didn't have a great mentor and I was so young and so inexperienced and had no idea what I was doing so towards the end there it got pretty tough I, I just was ready to move on I was ready to learn something else and uh you know met my wife in memphis while we were grad students and she ultimately gave us kind of the ticket to go she was an athletic trainer and had an opportunity to work at her alma mater Wilmington college up here in ohio so that was the reason we ended up leaving memphis but i was ready to go i I needed to learn and maybe i didn't know that at that time but that's what i ended up doing
0: yeah that that sounds like a lot of really good learning experience on, on your end um I, I couldn't imagine going from being a GA to a director like basically overnight. <laughs> um, it was it
1: wasn't fun, and I wasn't very good. But you know, you just you just manage, I guess.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely. But now, fast forward to um, now, you're at NKU. Um, you've been how long have you been at NKU? Uh,
1: I was just talking about this. It was uh, five and a half years. We're here in our sixth basketball season. Yeah.
0: Okay. Wow. Um, just. Talk a little bit about what your role looks like at NKU. And just because we, we've talked to a bunch of people on the show and everyone's uh, like positions set up a little different. So we're always really curious.
1: Yeah, I had no idea what the mid-major level looked like. You know, in Memphis, we were certainly in our silo. Uh, and then I had a pit stop at Wright State, which I know we'll talk about here in a little bit. But, uh, you know, there is where I took that step down to an assistant director position. And I realized just how much we do and how much of an impact you can have on a mid-major level um and so i learned that at wright state you know working with programs that had honestly never had anything done for them you know it was it, so I, I got reinvigorated i got more i got excited working on this level and kind of realized it was a home for me uh, and then at nku they were going division one uh back in 2015 and uh, i was able to come in and uh their selling point was hey, we're starting something from scratch. We're starting a Division I athletic department kind of, um, you know, all, all anew. And they needed to grow their fan base to pay all those costs. It costs to go Division One and to join a new conference and then leave that conference and go to another conference. So um, that's why they brought me in here. And honestly, it was – they had that Division II setup. set up. It was, it was um, very – Incredible benefits for fans, very uh, warm and inviting and uh, personal with those fans. There wasn't a lot of growth going on. And so they brought me in to, to, for aggressive growth. Now, I got really lucky. We all know as, as uh, creatives and external people, there's nothing better for your job than to have success on the field. Uh, and so we had it, and we had it fast. We had one men's basketball season where we won nine games as they kind of built their program. And then immediately after that, we took off and it, it, it hasn't stopped. We have an incredible basketball program that has helped me look really, really good. Um, so my job here uh, is very revenue driven. Uh, that is one, one A and one B on my list is generating revenue. We have to make a lot of sacrifices. Uh, if it doesn't generate revenue and it's a cool idea, it's not happening. Um, so that's number one. I, you know, I also oversee our, our cheer dance, pep band areas. Um, I am our liaison with, uh, Learfield sports. Uh, so I work with them on, you know, idea generation and, and, um, you know, inventory building. Uh, I mean, my title is assistant AD for marketing promotions and tickets. And I didn't do that on purpose to have the longest title in America, but it's pretty close. Um, so I, I, uh, you know, we also, everything centers around ticket sales. So I have a ticket sales coordinator. She was the first employee like that here at the university. She uh, came along with me from Wright state because I knew she was a rock star. Um, so everything we do is helping her build our ticket sales base, season tickets, group tickets. Um, you know, now, as I'm sure we'll get to it, it's all about engagement and hey, we have this fan base and we're just protecting them and hugging them as much as we can. Uh, Cause Honestly, we're scared to death of them going away, thanks to all this. So um, that's that's centric to my job. But uh, you know, we we have really great development staff. We have a great communication staff, uh, and we all work together really well. I think if we didn't work together well, I would have a whole lot more on my plate. Um, but uh, yeah, I oversee a, a staff of two full timers, a GA, and six interns. Um, all very dedicated very good at their craft I, I i have an incredible staff here so uh it spreads far and wide i'm probably forgetting something but that that's it in a nutshell i i, I work directly with men's basketball but i'm at everything and i, I chip in everywhere and, and try to delegate to my staff the best i can yeah
0: well, that was kind of my follow-up question was how how, did, how do you balance like overseeing like the creative marketing promotions and all of that but also like the revenue driven um, numbers of ticketing at the same time? Cause I know those are kind of two different left, left brain, right brain kind of situations. Um, How do you, how do you balance um, that in KU?
1: I, again, I have to say that that we're we're all married much better than other departments that I've seen. I, I have to brag on us here at NKU where, you know, we have an external team that, um, there's not a lot that falls through the cracks, and so uh, I have to credit our athletic director, Ken Butt Off, by we all were hired within a year of each other, and the message was very clear. Okay, communications, you're here to support these two, development and marketing. We have to generate revenue for those areas, and yeah, we want to support our sport programs. We want our student athletes to look like superstars, but at the same time, like if it's a revenue generation effort. You're supporting that, and so I have support from those areas. Um, You know, I think I have a little bit of of both sides of the brain there, and I'm not great at either one of them. So I'd almost be afraid to jump to another spot. You know, I I I don't know how well I would work out at at a power five school, honestly, because that's what's special about our level. I think is you got to have a little bit of both. You got to understand the other side and how to be creative and still tie it to a revenue generation. Uh, piece and be authentic about it. Um, so yeah, I, I'm very comfortable giving up some creativity to make it impactful on the bottom line, but you got to let yourself have some fun too. Um, you just have to make sure that it circles back around somehow, but, um, we, we have, so, you know, everyone on my team has their strengths and their weaknesses, and I just try to be strategic, um, in developing them and whenever we hire to, to make sure that, you know we have enough strengths in enough areas like I I I mentioned on my uh questionnaire and and to to you guys when we were working through it that I'm not the most creative person all right well I better have some creative people on my staff to fill that gap
0: kind of going along those lines how have you guys been able to like you said hug on your uh fan base and keep them engaged during a the times that we're going through how have you capitalized on um your success of basketball but also um engaging them when you can't have them in the stands
1: yeah well, well time will tell right if we've done a good job i, I feel like we've done the best we can um, i um i'm very transparent as a person um i'm, I'm pretty honest on to, to a fault honestly that i i I just throw it out there and and I'm not afraid of of what comes back. And so we've taken on that mentality where it's okay, whether they need to know or not, we're just going to tell them and and be as, be as out there as possible. Um, Our leadership in our department, um, you know, Ken bought off Dan McIver, our developer or our deputy AD have really made some concessions revenue wise, short-term to allow us to, Send out gifts to spend a boatload in shipping, which is what we're doing right now. Just constant letters and gifts and communication and thank yous, and I mean everything that we can come up, can come up with, um, to to hopefully benefit us in the in the long run. Which I hey, I, I, I hope we have about around fifteen hundred season ticket holders in men's basketball, around three hundred in women's basketball. We're just hoping to God they don't leave us um, and. Uh, you know, part of that is, yeah, like I said, constant communication. We've got a we've, solid email strategy. They get two or three emails from us a week. Um, we have uh, developed a couple of things, a couple of new things for them where, you know, we host a Facebook Live pregame show, which is totally produced by our marketing staff to take the weight off of our communications team. And uh, we produce that. We take live cameras down on the floor for team entrances and warmups so that they feel like they're in the arena um we've had several you know zoom conversations with our coaches uh any t- any kind of jarring change that we give them you know which is like okay if you want to do a refund or you want to donate here's how that works if you want a credit here's how that works we do a zoom just with us so they can come on it's almost like office hours right scott is a as a um, professor and they are able to come on come and go ask us a question and leave so it's just anything we can do to to change it up so they feel the love. And, and like I said, time will tell if we've done a good job, but I, I'm pretty confident.
0: As you we were talking, I was like, oh, we need to do some of those things here at UE just to keep the communication a little bit. But um, prior to wrap up this NKU section, are there any like accomplishments that you've had in this five and a half years that you want to brag on a little bit? I know you're self-deprecating, but like, is there any <laughs> accomplishments that you want to talk about?
1: Yeah, um, I, I, I I, think just as in general how far we've come as a department and kind of the professionalism of, of the amount of things we've been able to do. Uh, again, there was this super cool, warm, personal, family, close-knit environment with our fan base, and it just became very apparent financially that that was not going to work. And so it was a pretty tough transition between We're giving these people all kinds of great things, but we got to grow and keep an element of that. And so the fact that we were able to orchestrate that and go from, uh, I'm probably going to get my numbers right, but around 500 season ticket holders to around 1,500 in the course of about three seasons. Um, And then our group sales, um, that's been another area where we went from almost nothing to you know we're we're around six figures a year in, in uh in group sales um now i have to give our team credit nobody cares if your team's not good right uh but being able to, to put a system and a program in place from scratch from nothing to be able to grow right along with your team because that was the struggle right in that first season I'm having to repeatedly tell everybody, Hey, we're going to want this when we have success, we're going to want, and we're thinking it was going to be three or four years down the road. Well, when it happened the next season, I think we all thank the Lord that we had put in that groundwork during that first year to be able to grow with our team. Cause had we kept it where it was and had we not taken some of those difficult steps to have more of a systematic approach to things, you know, sending letters, sending emails, not, you know, not hand delivering tickets, um, having working with Ticketmaster on, on Arctics and not on an Excel spreadsheet. You're just little things like that, where it's like, we're doing this. It's a violent transition. We're going to have some planning in place. We're going to change our strategy. One of the most controversial things we did is we, we didn't spend a lot of money on student marketing. Uh, we had to take the, the limited amount of dollars we had and spend it on, revenue generation on ticket sales and so all those things in 2015 that we did and it felt silly at the time man the next season when we went to our first ever ncaa tournament that's when you saw the fruits of it so i'm just proud that we we were able to grow along with our men's basketball program and uh that we we didn't leave our women's basketball program behind we didn't leave our soccer program behind um i just think that we we've been able to Keep things up and and become you know a, a, a department that's worthy of what I think is one of the best mid major basketball programs in the country.
0: Yeah, um, well that's awesome, and I, I think you guys have been doing a great job down at NKU. I've, I I think we'll get more, we'll jump more into some of your experience and um, a little bit later, but I'll hand it off to Scott and talk about some professoring.
2: Yeah, anytime, uh, especially now that we're This is episode 21 anytime we can talk about something on here for the first time I always get excited so um, and I didn't realize how many of us out there were adjunct professors until recently so I did that for the first time this fall it was um, just an intro to sport management class kind of like the class you mentioned that you took Brandon a lot of those people were not interested in sports necessarily. even talking to them at the first couple of classes sounded like none of them had actually planned on going that route. We don't have a sport management major, so it's kind of more of an elective than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've kind of since heard that at least a couple of them at minimum are, are interested in it. I know for a fact that um, everyone's eyes were open to what the profession actually looks like and what all goes into it, which I think was a bit of a shock to some people. Um but Brandon actually was one of my guest speakers this semester, which, so I heard some of the story already and that's why I knew uh, we wanted to bring him on for an episode. Um, But your class sounds a lot more interesting than the one I did. So tell us um, about your class specifically and just kind of some of the benefits that you've experienced doing that on the side.
1: Yeah, I I honestly was kind of like you and didn't realize how many of us, so to speak, do this. And then I started to realize, um, you know, how many, how many of us there are out there and that it could be possible. I, honestly, I was kind of afraid to, afraid to ask because I'm so dived in here with, with what we're doing. And, but it's always something I've had in the back of my mind. Um, uh, there's a across the river, a couple of my friends, um, Brittany Booth, who had worked here before uh, and was at UC for a long time. And then, uh, sorry, Cincinnati for those non-locals. Uh, and then over at Xavier, there were a couple of them that that are adjuncts in that department, so I was like, hey, man, I want to do this. This is what all my buddies in, in the area are doing. And uh, they gave me a tough class. It's a fun class, but it is a tough class. We didn't have an A this past year, and I, and I am I am liberal with the uh, with the extra credit and with the help and the office hours and all that because so it is a tough class. Uh, it is called uh, I'm trying to get the real name right. Uh, economics. Uh, economics and sports and events otherwise known as the money ball class so the first half of the class if they can just hang with me it's all the old prince it's like a re- rehash of all the principles you learn in like mark sorry in like econ 201 or something uh which i had to i mean i spent the summer really digging in and and relearning that stuff Thankfully, we're, we're, we're online this year, so it's giving me some time to, to, to get in a spot where I can actually teach this stuff because between the three of us, I know there's not anybody else listening that uh, is in my class probably, but like I don't know that I'm totally comfortable teaching this on my own in a classroom setting until next fall. So um, first half of the class looks like that. Second half of the class, you actually read Moneyball, you watch the movie uh you cuz that's basic economics right he he tried to to battle with the big boys with a with a small time uh payroll and figure out a way to do it and so we take moneyball break down how that how that uh, attaches to the economic concepts we learned and then the final project is you take those learnings and uh, we do a draft uh we now it used to be an NFL draft i'm an NBA guy so we do an NBA draft and uh, you have to rationalize to me the owner why you the GM want to pick that player using moneyball concepts and concepts from the class. So we do a lot, we do a draft. We had to do it on zoom this year. Uh, I play the little draft sound every time they pick somebody, we throw on highlights when they pick that player. Uh, they give a little breakdown, a little J Billis breakdown on why they pick that player and, uh, turn in a, turn in a project. And, um, like I said, it's a blast, but I think it surprised some of them, uh, How challenging it is so yeah I kind of wish I would have started out with an intro class certainly would have been easier but it's 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 rewarding I love it
2: yeah I definitely plan on on doing that long term I had the opportunity to to do a class in the spring but with what things are going to look like I had to say no at least for year one just because I don't know when I would get to all of that but uh no would highly recommend it I I'm like you I had thought about this before, I'd seen other people doing it, but didn't really get involved. And then the opportunity presented itself. So if you're listening and um, you think you might have that opportunity where you're at, definitely send that email, at least ask and look into it.
1: And a key piece to this, Scott, right. is that uh, thankfully mine was asynchronous. So it's straight up online. I built the modules, they, they check in whenever they can. I have office hours once a week. I think mean, yours was synchronous, right? you actually had, you actually know, uh class meetings. Uh, yeah,
2: yeah. So it was still live instruction via Zoom, which honestly the hardest part was getting any kind of class participation on Zoom. It's pretty easy to hide when you when it's all virtual and you're not in the room together. But um are already have thought about some some changes and honestly I'm glad it was online because I learned a lot in year one about what I would and wouldn't do again that'll help if it's if it's in person as well. So yeah, um, definitely a fun experience. So I want to switch gears again. We kind of skipped over the Wright State time, um, and that was intentional because we kind of wanted to highlight uh, more of that here. So you're at Memphis. You're the director of marketing. You mentioned your wife um, moved to Ohio and you went with her. So talk about your transition to Wright State uh, from a director at Memphis to an assistant director at Wright State and uh, what you learned there.
1: Yeah, um, you know, first of all, so my wife my wife had an opportunity to, to go back home, essentially. She's from uh, Cincinnati. She went to Wilmington college, which is a D3 school uh, about halfway between Cincinnati and Columbus. So uh, no brainer. I mean, she had, she had the opportunity of a lifetime. Uh, their biggest major on their campus is athletic training. Um, so yeah, there's only about 900 students there and they have a thriving AT program. So um. No brainer had to had to say yes. Um, so I let her go uh, move up here over the summer and uh, just, I'll work like hell to find a job. And We didn't really know what else to do. So um, I looked everywhere. I looked not in sports, obviously, because jobs aren't just oh, if you're if you're trying to get in one location, I can't stress how difficult that is. To stay in sports and go to that perfect location. Uh, so I wouldn't recommend that to anybody uh, if you're considering doing something like very difficult. Um, and so I, long story short, I applied for like over 100 jobs in marketing in the private sector, didn't really get much out of it. It uh, get, was getting really worried. And then a secretary job or an athletic director assistant job at Wright State came open and I was so desperate to work in sports, I applied for it. And their AD Bob Grant uh, says, he emails me back. He says, Hey, uh, this seems kind of weird that you're applying for this. This doesn't seem like your thing, but I'm going to get you in touch, uh, with our associate AD for marketing because they just lost their assistant AD from, mar- or their assistant marketing director. Again, I just, I just asked the question. I, I reached out and I, I applied for a job that I had no business applying for, it made no sense. And yeah, I came in same deal as in Memphis, just got Lucky as a duck, I don't know how, and came in and interviewed for the job. And they didn't really interview anybody else, I don't think. So I came in and had a casual conversation and then had an interview. And boom, there I was. I was an assistant director of marketing, took a little bit of a pay cut. But man, I had a job. It was in sports, in college athletics, uh, working for a great AD. And then working for Mark Gazdick, who's now associate AD at uh, University of Dayton. And just landed in a great spot. Like, who would have thought that? And uh, so I, we, we live in a little small town uh, uh, just north of Cincinnati, and I commuted up to Dayton and uh, fell in love with mid-major college athletics. I absolutely loved it. Everything that I had struggled with uh, on a larger level wasn't there anymore. Uh, being able to really wrap my arms around what I was doing, uh, I handled – So so Mark was handling men's basketball – uh, and I handled everything else. So every other sport we had free reign to do whatever. And the creativity, the openness, the the student athletes were a little bit different. Which I I, I don't know how to say this, you know, the without upsetting anybody, but just they're just different. They're there for different reasons. Um, some of them are a little well-rounded, a little more well-rounded. There's not the illusion of going and playing in the NBA or playing professional soccer. It's just a it's a different vibe and, and the coaches I think were, were so appreciative of the smallest little things I would do for them so it was a little heartwarming experience you know I, I, I didn't last long there because I, I knew I wanted to, to get back and do it I think I got so excited that I did it the wrong way in Memphis and had no clue what I was doing picked up all that knowledge at Wright State and and then I was ready to lead a department and do it the right way which is what we've been able to do here um but i humility and necessity were what led me there you know I was so desperate to we weren't married yet to go see my fiance at the time and live with her I would have taken anything but what a great place to land and there are top rivals uh in the conference uh but man I loved it there love the people there it was a great environment for me to land when I was pretty discouraged honestly um, so I'm so thankful for that. I just got to do everything and, and, and everybody was appreciative of the things we did.
2: Yeah. And I think one thing that a lot of us struggle with, I know I do, I think a lot of people at this level who have so much on their plate do the same thing as delegation. Um, so one thing you mentioned that you've dealt with is two kidney transplants and that has kind of forced you into, um, some of that delegation and to kind of learn that quickly. So, Talk about um, your story there and, um, again, some of the lessons you learned from going through that.
1: Yeah, I mean, my, my health issues first hit in Memphis um, about 10 years ago and um, you know, had an awesome staff there. Megan McLeod is at uh, South Alabama. She and I worked together and I probably did a terrible job uh, giving her warning uh, that, you know, how things were going to go and what I wanted her to do. I thought I'd bounce right back. I remember getting surgery and, and uh, coming back, you know, a couple weeks later and about passing out at a meeting because it was too soon. I didn't need to be, need to be back there, but I was young and stupid and bold headed. And I didn't trust Megan, which was stupid because she's awesome. And I, I don't know, man, I just I, I handled it poorly. And it was a living what they call a living donor is my dad. My dad gave me one of his kidneys, And so we had time to plan. We knew it was coming. We were able to schedule the date. And I still blew it. Um, and so this time it was like, listen, I got a heck of a staff here. Uh, and I started getting sick. You know, Whenever you get kidney disease, I won't go too far into it. You just get really, really tired. Uh, making it through the day is a chore. Um, usually you got to take a couple naps. Usually it's hard to get out of the bed in the morning. Some days are better than others. It's, it's just no way to work in college sports with all we need to do. So we started delegating and, and I started kind of taking care of being more serious and taking care of my health, uh, about a year before the transplant, uh, but had no idea that we would get it as quick as I, as I did. So, um, you know, so it was a slow thing to get to where I could start. I could trust my staff. Um, I think being older and a little more experienced helps and not being so bullheaded about how hard I need to work all the time. Uh, but we got it. I got a call, uh, the the morning of i'm going to screw up the date which it should be should be but uh, september 27th we were getting ready to, or september 26th we were getting ready to go into basketball season prep pretty busy time for us and uh they had to call me like two or three times because so i was in a meeting with our deputy ad i finally took the call and went back in and said all right i got to be the hospital at 6 p.m so let's figure this out the next you know the next month what do we need to accomplish and so I put my emotions aside that my life was about to change and I was about to get my life saved for the second time and just work with my team all day long. We got the, we got the excitement and the nervousness out of the way and then started breaking it down. Our deputy AD cleared his calendar and he was amazing. And it was just, all right, you guys are going to get basketball season going. And so from there until Thanksgiving, I was able to take care of myself and take care of my health and do it right. And I'm healthier now because of it and trust my staff and for them to, to be able to do things that scared them and that they've never touched before and the, how they handled it was, was great. But I, I hate to pat myself on the back, but like just me being able to let go and let them do that so I could take care of myself was a very adult thing for me to do and not normal for me. But if there's one message like, guys, it's okay. If you get knocked out, it's okay. You got smart people. Why else would you have hired them? You know why else are they working with you? You trust them every day to do whatever you choose for them to do. Now there's time for them to to do to do it when you have no choice. So, uh, gonna have our uh, my wife and I are gonna have our second child in May. So if you got a baby, you know, coming things like that, it's okay. Just just let them do it. They're good. I promise.
2: Yeah, I think that says a lot about the people that you work with and how willing they were to clear calendars and do whatever it takes to to take advantage of that I mean I think we can all put ourselves in your shoes and think about okay what if I missed a full month in the busiest uh, time of year I think that would terrify a lot of people and I'm sure it did you too and uh, but you're right you just got to trust your people I'm sure it was uh, the people that you did trust are better for it and learned a lot um, were able to take that through the rest of their careers so um, and Scott you know you know
1: you know what was incredible is the how little I was called and how little I was, uh, you know, I didn't get these panic phone calls. I didn't get, it was only a handful, you know, they, they really respected what I was going through, which is, which is why, I mean, these, these people are amazing, but yeah, that's a, that's a great thought, Scott, put yourself through that if something you know if, if you know if someone in your family gets hurt and you need to take care of them if uh you know again if you're if you're have building a family if you're if you're going to have children you need you need to be out and you need to be with your family there's no trophy given if you come back to work the next day after a kid's born or something okay like uh the quicker you realize that the, the quicker it's all going to work out
2: yeah i think that that's really well said and i can relate to that a lot so i uh we have a five-year-old now, Um, so I was pretty early on in my career still when we had him, and um, there was a fan who wanted me to come in and run his credit card for, so he can get his rewards points before the end of the month, Um, and I came in, and I did it. It was one of those things. We were transitioning between uh, previous year's interns and the new one, so nobody else knew how to run this payment, so I came in, you know, like, I think it was a day or two after he was born and did that, Um, but We'll probably have number two here sooner than later, or at least try. And uh, I think I'm going to treat that whole time very, very differently. Uh, I think a lot's changed over the last uh, five years or so in priorities and things like that. So last but not least, uh, we want to do our R&D segment with you, Brandon. You've been in minor league sports. You've been uh, at a couple different levels in college athletics. You've probably seen a lot. Um, so tell us your best example of a time you uh, quote unquote stole an idea from someone else and made it work for you.
1: Uh, we'll circle back to that Facebook live show that we're doing now. Uh, something that we're pretty proud of. I just saw that you can submit, uh, you know, uh, NACMA awards and we are over on NACMA awards. And I uh, that's, as I alluded to early, uh, that's, that's not really our style here, but I think we got a shot with that. And, uh, but, um, uh, I, I play golf with, uh, with a couple of my friends from Miami university up north here and, uh, they do their coaches show. They were, they were the first people I talked to about, they did their football coaches show, uh, using an app called switcher studio. And so that is what we use to run this Facebook live show. And it was just, we're about to tee him up and he's talking about his, his, you know, facebook live show We're venting about what our coaches said about it and went and watched it a couple times and i was just thinking you know what like we might be able to do something with that and my ad is on my case about trying to engage them on game day and how to do it and i was like well let's take that thing and, and and grow it a little bit and so uh so greg herring who who uh former nacma president who um now is uh runs their corporate sponsorships i've had him work with me on that and show me what they did. And we took it and flipped it and turned it into this Facebook live, you know, like a pregame show for a basketball game. So it, we're pretty proud of it. It started rough. I wish I could show you the first one and the one that we did last, you know, two weeks ago, it'd be night and day, but we were just ambitious. Said, Hey, we got to do something. And um, so we have, you know, interviews with our coaches before the game. So we pick an assistant coach. Again, I'm a big NBA guy. So I watch, uh, my beloved Dallas Mavericks, their broadcasts all the time. And they do that. They pull an assistant coach aside and do a quick interview. So I stole that from them. Um, you know, we take video content that's already produced for our website or for our Twitter and just uh, flip it again. Um, we do, you know, I'll use the NBA example. Maybe I should talk about how I'm stealing from the NBA because they're so good at all this digital stuff, but um if you watch NBA league pass, which is just the, you know, your like streaming pass for all the games, it'll take you in the arena because they don't show you commercials sometimes. And so that's where the idea came from of just bringing phones down to the floor and letting our fans see warmups and team entrance and intros and the anthem. I totally ripped that from NBA league pass. Uh, So between uh, the Miami red Hawks and NBA league pass, we were able to build that thing. And yeah, now it's, 30 minutes before every men's women's basketball game, we, we do it here at home, and it's a blast. I think it's been a good key engagement piece for us.
2: Do you think that's something you'll keep going down the road once things are quote-unquote normal, or do you think you'll, you'll dial it back?
1: There's the, there's the curse of doing it, right, is uh, we're doing it to have something to do and to be engaged with our fans. I don't know who's going to do it whenever we get back to normal, but I think our our administration here has really enjoyed it. I think our fans have, too. So we have talked about that being like an intern or a student led production, which is totally possible.
2: Great. All right, Brandon. Well, a lot of great messages from you already, um, but we always like to end with um, just kind of opening the floor up to you for anything you want to get out there, whether it's relevant to anything we've already talked about or not. Uh, Floor is yours.
1: I take that you have probably some young, younger listeners that are getting, you know, starting. That's something I'm so passionate about. It's it's a hard, hard time for them. Uh, I've got a handful on my staff that are trying to crack college athletics, and I I feel for them. But uh, when you get there, just I'm I'm really surprised by the lack, the 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 lack of knowledge on just ask a whole bunch of questions, just constantly be learning don't get stuck in your 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 zone obviously you want to be good at your craft but think of what you're going to be doing down the road and learn 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 ask questions that I used to be scared of the big bad office down at the corner or down down the hallway like they did it too Ken Ken Rad was a was a marketing and ticketing guy I think before there were marketing and ticketing guys <laughs> like so he knows what I'm going through you know it's just you got to get around and ask, and, and beautiful things happen from that. Maybe not automatically, but you're giving yourself a shot. I, this job at NKU is the first job that I applied for through the application system, interviewed along with another group, and got the job. Every other job was due to some connection that I created. And I know that's scary, but, man, like just – ask questions, communicate with people before you ever need that job, because then you circle back around and they already know who you are. Wonderful. Wonderful.
2: Well, Emily, why don't you take us out of here? Brandon, uh, really appreciate you coming on. I think, honestly, this has been one of my favorite episodes, a marketing ticketing guy uh, like myself. So thank you for joining us. We appreciate it.
1: You tell that to everybody, but thank you.
0: Thank you again, Brandon, for joining us. We want to remind everyone to go and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at P5Mentality. Subscribe and rate us on your favorite podcast streaming site. Check out our blog on the Power 5 Mentality website. And remember, Power 5 is just a mentality.